could sing this song as I often do. But every song must end, and you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again.
we have so much gratitude this morning. And we want to sing and worship you. God, we just want to throw up our arms and cry out to you and show you our gratitude, God. You've done so much. Father, we bless your name this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship this morning. Amen. Has God given you any reasons to sing? Amen. From darkness, clothe me in garments of praise. Jesus, forever, a song will be you. I'm living in freedom, you've taken my burdens away. Jesus, forever, my song will be you. you bore and the debt that you paid for the victory you won over death and the grave this is the reason i sing for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring for the promise that heaven is waiting for me this is the reason i sing Testify of your grace, Jesus forever. My song will be you, only for you. For the cross that you bore and the debt that you paid, for the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring. For the promise that heaven is waiting for me, this is the reason I sing. So good, so good, so good to me. Forever I'll sing, you're so good to me. Sing that again. You're so you paid for the victory you've won over death and the grave this is the reason i sing for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring for the promise that heaven is waiting for me this is the reason i sing for the cross that you bore and the debt that you paid for the victory one over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing. 
for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring for the promise that heaven is waiting for me this is the reason i
somebody next to you and begin to pray for them. Let's fill this room just for a, a few minutes of prayer. Pray for health. Pray for healing in the name of Jesus.
Father, we thank you. God, we don't always feel it. And honestly, we don't always see it in every moment. But God, when we look back, we see the faithfulness of God that you walked with us in the fire and the difficulties, God. And today you are sustaining us through them, God. And I pray for anyone and everyone who's going through a fire and a trial and a difficulty right now that you would lift them up, God, by your right hand, God. Hold them up, sustain them, God. Reveal your heart and your love to them, God, supernaturally. And also I pray, God, that people, those that are going through the fire would be held up by the those in this congregation, those around them, those that love them, God. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to be with people, God. God, your goodness has chased me down throughout my life, though there's been times that I doubted it. There were times in my distress and my difficulties, God, that I didn't see your hand, God. But you, while I was faithless, you remained faithful. The word says that you cannot deny, disown yourself, God. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness, God. And I thank you for your faithfulness in the lives of those who don't see it right now. God, right now, meet them. We stand in the gap for them. We stand in the gap for them right now in the name of Jesus. All around us, God, we those standing to our left and right and in front of us and behind us, God, if we don't know the circumstances, you do, God. Sustain them in every moment. God, sustain them right now. Lift them up. Fill them with a hope. God, a sustaining hope to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that they might come out on the other side, God, that they would walk in one day again in victory as they walk in the promises of God that you never leave us or forsake us. Bless them to the left, to the right, in front of us and behind us. We pray this in the mighty and special and precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we're in this attitude of prayer, right now I want to continue to pray. We want to pray for Charmaine Bullstead. Is, 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 she's... Uh, home not feeling well but she's about to fly to South Africa and she's going to be gone for eight weeks about six weeks six weeks and uh, she's going to be there uh, ministering and visiting with her son Michael we want to pray for her strength for an anointing that she would be the hands and feet of Jesus to her son she hasn't seen him in in in, in 14 years and and that God would just do a do a blessing and make this trip safe and blessed and spiritual and redeeming and restoring. And, and we want to be reminded that during that six weeks, we got to pray for Ralph as he's going to be alone and, and just to love him, invite him over for dinner and make sure that he doesn't starve to death. Amen. But God, right now we come before you, Father. We lift up sister, our sister Charmaine to you, God, as, as she's uh, been battling this little illness. We thank you that the healing is coming, Father, and that by Wednesday she will be 100% when she boards that plane. God, and in that long flight to South Africa, God, that you would sustain her body, God. I pray that she would uh, just feel your presence and your strength coursing through her veins, Lord, and that when she gets there, she would walk in the power, the anointing, and the wisdom, and the courage of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you will keep her safe, 
that no, nothing will come near her, no harm will befall her. Lord Jesus, that everything that she does will be led by you, that you would open doors, open doors even for Michael there that no man can shut. And I pray that you would shut doors that no man can open. And I pray that there would be such a powerful time in restoration and love and mercy and healing and ministry that would go on, we pray, and we'll continue to pray. Hallelujah. Father, this morning we also want to pray for the Hindergard family, for Brian. God, and we just ask that you would sustain all of them in this, in the loss that they've suffered and, and in this, uh, what, what's been going on, Lord. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Touch him now. Bless him. Fill him, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, and we've got a couple things we want to. Brian wants to, uh, wanted, asked me to, on his behalf, to um, inform you and, and invite you openly to his son Andrew's memorial service. And uh, not all of you know, but some, most of you do, that on October 29th, uh, Brian's son Andrew, Allie's brother, he passed away, and it was unexpected. It was totally unexpected. And um, so the family, of course, has been reeling and dealing with that. So be, please be praying for the Hindergart family. And, and uh, you are invited to the memorial service. It's in Apple Valley. Um, we will, uh, can we post it on, on its Facebook for the church or anything? Or the address, or do you want to keep it more in-house? Okay, we'll put this up on the Facebook page and, and try to get something on the, on the website too. You can call the office for it. Uh, if you're writing things down, it's at 24000 Wabu? Walu. Walu in Apple Valley. It's 11 o'clock on Saturday, Fe February 4th. And if you want to go and support uh, the family. So some people says, well, I, I didn't know Andrew. I don't want to go. You know, if you know Brian, you can go and support him and, and love on him. That's what this is about. And so I just wanted to make that invitation to you be in prayer for one another and church wasn't this a powerful time of worship you know let's continue to have those and and have those times of prayer for one another amen amen we already sat down but you can at least you know wave to somebody and greet them that way and jesse's going to come up we just have one or two announcements and we'll get on with the rest of this service hallelujah oh good morning everyone um, if you're joining us here at the Journey Church for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that is that there are connection cards in the pockets of the seats that are in front of you, and you can fill those out, and you can put them in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the room. And I've been meaning to mention this as well. There are also cards that are prayer request cards in those pockets. Maybe you have a request. Sometimes we don't get to connect with everybody on a Sunday morning, but maybe there's something that you need prayer over. We would love to pray over those requests so you can fill those cards out and also put those in the tithe and offering boxes in the back. Or as the gentlemen come to collect tithe, you can put them in the back. Well, the only announcement I have is that we have our annual business meeting that's going to be on the last Sunday of February, which is February 26th. And um, it's going to be immediately following church service. And we'll just kind of go over what we've come through over this last year and then our goals for the year to come. And so, um, lunch will be provided. Woo! 
now you have to come. <laughs> yeah, steaks and no. <laughs> February 26th, yeah, right after service. Um, well, with that, we're just going to go ahead and continue our time of worship and receive our tithes and offerings. I do have a little story I want to read for you real quick in regards to that. Wait for it. Okay. So I just thought this was kind of a cute story in regards to ties. It says here, when Edward Stokes Rich was 12 years old, he worked at night for a local newspaper to help his single mother earn money for his family. Whenever Edward received money, he gave it to his mother who'd pay tithing on it. One time his mother said, Edward, I know that you have no overcoat and you must walk many miles to and from work each night. With winter coming soon, it's going to be very cold when you walk home at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. So I'll give you your tithing money, and you can either pay your tithing or buy an overcoat. I'll leave the decision up to you. Edward hurried to the bishop's house and paid the tithing. The next week, Edward's Aunt Mary came over and gave Edward a coat her sons had outgrown. It fit him and was better than any coat he could have bought. Since then, Edwards decided to always pay a generous tithing. I think that's so encouraging that God, even though we may have things that we really need, if we're faithful to him, he's faithful to us, and he wants to continue to bless us. And so I just wanted to share that story with you guys this morning just as a reminder of what God can do for us as we're faithful and we're um, obedient in our tithes. So let's pray for that now. Lord, we thank you, God, that you do. You provide for us each and every day. Father, even if it may not be exactly what we think we need, you know exactly what we do need. And so we thank you for that. And Father, as a church body, I pray that you would continue, continue to bless us with what we need. We thank you for the many members that are here today and those that are watching online or even just that couldn't make it, God. We pray that you would just put your hand upon them, that you would encourage them, lift them up, and, Lord, that you would just use us as your hands and feet to um, make a difference for you in this world. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Proverbs 25, 25 says, Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. This morning, we're going to hear good news, good reports, prayer requests from a far country, from lots of far countries. This morning, we have uh, Pastor Dave Ogren with us in service again. Hallelujah. And he, he snuck in an extra trip this year. He's usually here more in April, it feels like. And uh, he was able to come and bless us and join us here this month. Uh, uh, Dave is with a ministry called Great Commission Media Ministries. He's going to share about that and the things um, that have been going on and the things that are going on. But, um, uh, you know, just, just quickly, before, before he comes, I don't know if 
when you watch the news, if you ever say things like, you see what's happening in Ukraine, and you say, you know, I wish I could do something to help the people in Ukraine, you do actually help people when you give into uh, the offerings here and when you give into the offering at the end of the service with Great Commission Media Ministries, because that's one of the places that they're ministering and helping people is in Ukraine. And um, so he's going to share a number of different things. They've got powerful, amazing ministry. He's going to share a little bit about the ministry. Then he's going to just bring us the word this morning. So I'm going to, uh, we're going to welcome Pastor Dave as he comes and invite him and uh, let him take the rest of this time with us. Amen. Let's welcome Pastor Dave Ogren. To snowy big bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I got newsletters in the back. Uh, some of you get it all the time. And so thank you. Thank you for standing with our ministry, praying for our ministry. If you don't get our newsletter, pick one up. And if you'd like to kind of follow us, uh, just sign up and we'll send you a newsletter every month so that you can kind of know what's, what's going on with our ministry. So, those of you that don't know what we do, this is a ministry based in Finland. I'm the only guy in the U.S. that represents the ministry. I've got an administrative assistant in St. Paul, Minnesota. But besides that, we're it on, on the side of the pond. So, um, basically, we do two major things. We do satellite broadcasting into the Middle East. So, every day, every day, every day, we're doing programming um, in Arabic, Farsi, Amharic, um, Somalian, Sudanese. We bring people from all over Europe, speak those languages. They come in, they preach, they teach, they do music. And, and we, we uplink those programs. Um, we do 1,000 programs a year. We uplink those to 18 satellite networks that are targeting one part of the world, from Morocco to Pakistan, so the Middle East. So Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, all over, all over the Middle East. So every day, every day, there's many different air places where people can actually find our programming, uh, and it's all proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And um, we, we literally, this is not an exaggeration. In fact, in fact, it's a low number. We receive between 200 and 300,000 responses a month from the Middle East. So it's, it's, it's an amazing response. We have a, a full-time office in Egypt that, that the U.S. side of the ministry pays for every month, 18 full-time workers, and then they have a whole team of volunteers, and their only job is to do follow-up. So they do follow-up all over the Middle East. They have contacts in all of these countries. Somebody contacts our ministry from Saudi Arabia. We've got somebody in Saudi Arabia that will follow them up. Obviously, all of these places, it's underground churches. In fact, you may not know this. Iran, per capita, is the fastest growing church in the world, and there's not one church above ground. <laughs> They're all underground. But uh, fastest growing church in the world uh, per capita. So amazing, amazing stuff happening in that part of the world. Lots of people having dr dream encounters with Jesus. Uh, so some, some of the people that contact our ministry are... Long-time Christians um, that are looking for discipleship and for help. 
that way. Uh, some are brand new Christians that have come to Christ uh, through, through a, a vision or dream, and, and then what they see on television confirms to them, so then they contact our ministry. Others are, are Muslims that are curious and interested and not satisfied with, with, with their Muslim faith, and so they're turning to us for, for help and for information. And then, of course, there's those who just want to simply blow up our building. And thankfully, uh, thankfully, because, because our, our, our people are, are Egyptians, they, they are very, very good on picking up the distinction between people who just want to simply know our location and people who are really interested in the gospel. So anyhow, that's, that, that's one very, very important part of our ministry. We, uh, our main producer from that is Egyptian. He lives in Finland, but he's, he's, he's Egyptian. His name is Hani Hanin. He's absolutely wonderful, great friend of mine, brother in Christ. Appreciate him a lot. So that's part of our ministry. The other part is our, satellite, is, is our media evangelism campaigns that we've done all over the world. Um, uh, we've done uh, well over 105 cities now all over the world. And, and, and before COVID, we did uh, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, great response. Uh, I, could, I could talk about that, but, but we'll just leave that where that is. We had 143,000 people call into our call center and just great response to, to our ministry in, in, in Tanzania. Um, but but it's been on our heart to go back to Ukraine. When I first started with Great, great Commission Media in 2007, the first thing I was a part of was an outreach in Kiev, in, in, in the capital of, of Ukraine. And, and Hanu, it was on his heart to return to, to Ukraine. And this was long before there was any uh, semblance of war that was beginning to happen between Russia and Ukraine. We actually ministered in Russia for over 40 years, we have deep, deep, deep relationships with the Russian church, with the evangelical church in Russia. Um, and some of you know that story. Uh, just before the war started, we, we actually ordered another 300,000 New Testaments uh, in Siberia that, that we got in before the war started because Hanu didn't know if we'd, when we'd be able to get back into, into Russia again. So anyhow, so we've been... We, we have friends in both sides of this whole issue. But uh, so we decided to do Ukraine, and we started in December. Of course, the Russian forces were already starting to align themselves on the eastern border of Ukraine, and, 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 and Hanu felt urgency, and so we did something we have never done before. We did four cities at the same time, uh, starting with Mariupol. Most of you have heard of Mariupol. It was one of the major cities that was, that was obliterated in the first part of the war. Um, and, um, and so we started with, with, with Mariupol, and, and we did Slavonas, Kramatorsk, and Donetsk. Because those are the four cities we started with in December. And then Hanu said, we can't leave. You know, the war is starting. So in January, we actually added four more cities. Kharkiv, and that's been all over the news now, Odessa. Dnipro and Lviv. So, so those were four other cities that we did in January. And then Hanu said, Hanu Halkan, you'll see his picture in a short video here. He said, we, we really need to go on national television. So we went on national television for the month of February and, and, and went on uh, One Plus One, which is the national television channel. Uh, some of you actually saw that, that tower hit 
by, by, by a missile. They were able to bring it back on again. And, and so our, our programming continued um, in Ukraine as long as we could before the war started. And then, of course, everything stopped once the war started. But Hanu felt like we really can't leave Ukraine because the devastation was so horrific for so, so many people. And so we purchased two used Sprinter vans, BMW Sprinter vans in Finland, drove them to Poland, loaded them with food, water, medical supplies, brought them in to Ukraine, and we were already working with the Ukrainian chaplains in the Ukrainian army that were helping us with our media campaigns. And so they were right there to work alongside of us, and, and so we brought the two, the two Sprinter vans in. Now we're running 20 vans back and forth between Poland and, uh, and Ukraine. We brought thousands and thousands of people out now we're actually using semis as well because we're, 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 we're gathering so much material, so much stuff, even, even things like hospital beds and so forth that we're actually uh, receiving now that, that are desperately needed in, in Ukraine. And, and so, uh, our work has continued. The wonderful thing about our working with the Ukrainian chaplains, they know where the greatest need is. So when our stuff comes in, it doesn't sit in some warehouse for weeks or months, but it immediately goes where the greatest need is. Then now, since winter has come, we, we saw that one of the greatest needs was, uh, was wood stoves because uh, it's estimated 800,000 people on average, numbers go up and down, but about 800,000 people are constantly without, without power and uh, without heat and without the ability to cook warm food. So uh, we contracted with, with a couple um, metalworking companies in Ukraine, and they are building for us uh, uh, wood stoves, that, that very simple wood stove uh, that has, has a cooking top on the top and, and, and uh, and can bring warmth into their homes as well. So now we've we've actually we've actually uh, purchased four thousand of them at 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 hundred dollars a piece, and and we've just now ordered another thousand, and we're we're kicking them out as fast as we can, and uh, we're starting uh, we're we're continuing that project. I don't know how much longer we will be in Ukraine until the Lord tells us we're. We're done with what we're supposed to do there. We're planning right now. Hanu right now is in Thailand. We've got 3,000 pastors and churches who have asked us to come to do a national campaign um, to reach the whole nation of Thailand. And uh, so that's, that's on the drawing board now. It's going to probably take us about a year to put that together. But um, that's probably where we're going next. So I'll, I'll, I'll show you. Uh, there, there's actually two, two little videos. One's about three minutes and one's one minute. The three-minute one just kind of shows you, and it's, it's, it's live footage. This is not staged. This is actually what happened. You'll, you'll see it as it happens um, in, in Ukraine. This was in the early days of us starting to do uh, work in Ukraine um, with humanitarian aid. And, and then the second one is a one-minute on our, on our wood stove project that's, that's still in process. So thank you. Great Commission Media Ministries is evacuating citizens from the front lines in East Ukraine under Russian artillery fire. 
We are also going to areas liberated by the Ukrainian army and delivering humanitarian aid to the villages, supplied by GCMM supporters. Raketti on myös laukaistu. Tonni on tullut täysosuma. Ihmiset ovat peloissaan. Huomaa, että ihmisillä on kyyneleitä silmissä. No, padee tam nahu, tam upalo, blen, no, šu vi ljudi dež. Za kilcetike, vi ihali na verh, vidim, mislim, da možda, možda ostanovice. Šo te tukoj? Jižaj! Padjeć tuda, invalida od zabiri, on invalida vozle, napravo, poverni invalida zabiri. Господа, всем места хватит. Если что, постоим. Если что, досадим машину, всем места хватит. Самое главное, не переживать. Humanitarian aid arrived this morning. These people have received two semi-truck loads, two bus loads, and a few flatbed trucks full of aid for the front lines. Твое мнение о помощи, которую получили сегодня утром? Я просто в позитивном шоке от того, что вы делаете для Украины в это сумасшедшее время. Я не представляю, как бы мы выживали на фронте в прямом смысле этого слова, как бы мы выживали без вашей помощи. Ваши пожертвованные автомобили уже спасали нам жизни. Ваши гуманитарные грузы доходят туда, где вообще ничего нет. Я надеюсь, что мы сможем с вами доехать вместе до поселков на линию фронта, где люди сидят без света, воды, тепла, еды, магазинов уже два месяца почти. Огромное спасибо за все, что вы делаете. Это просто чудо для нас. Слава Украине! Winter in Ukraine is damp and cold, all the while the war rages on. Russia has bombed Ukraine's power grids and heating infrastructure. To survive the cold, thousands of families, mothers and children need a heater. Together, we can help by sponsoring a wood-burning stove with a cooking surface. To sponsor one locally built wood-burning stove for one family costs $100. Thousands of families have already received the stove provided by Great Commission Media Ministries. Thousands more are needed. Your help is vital to the survival of these families devastated by war. Please consider sponsoring one wood-burning stove for one family in Ukraine. It could be the most strategic gift you can give to the Ukrainian family in their time of suffering.
I know who's been in and out of Ukraine about every other week, uh, overseeing what we're doing. He speaks Russian without accent, and so uh, uh, he's, he's the right guy <laughs> to be doing this. Um, the, the guy that was interviewed, Gennady, uh, is a Pentecostal pastor as well as a Ukrainian chaplain. And um, uh, he, he has uh, 25 adopted children, has an orphanage of 60 children that are now all in Poland. Um, one of his daughters uh, was actually killed in a missile strike to, uh, to a, a apartment complex. Um, and so he knows personally the pain and the loss. And by the way, let me, let me just say this, because I'm asked regularly. There's weird news about Ukraine um, that basically says that Russia is doing the right thing and that they're really attacking uh, the Nazis in Ukraine. Uh, and it is crazy. It is crazy. I'm asked almost in every church I go to. I have people come up to me and ask me. So instead of <laughs> you coming up to me, I'm just going to tell you, don't believe a word of it. We're, we're there on the ground. We know exactly what's happening. That is not true. That is not true. And it's just... It's, it's just devastating for us to hear that kind of stuff because uh, the war is horrific and it's very real, very, very real. All right, enough of that. Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, who, by the way, wrote the Gospel of Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord, and he was traveling through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is an unusual scripture <laughs> to read, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it and, and go from there. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word this morning. And... Um, I thank you for Paul. I thank you for Barnabas. I thank you for the work both of them did and how you used both of them very significantly. And uh, I just pray you'd, you'd use the word that we share this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Barnabas. Now, um, we, we actually have to go back to Acts chapter 4 uh, to see uh, the beginning of the story of Barnabas, verse 36. Now, Joseph of Levite of Cyprian birth, so he was from, uh, from Cyprus, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, owned a tract of land, sold it, brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. So here, here's this guy, Barnabas, that's first introduced to us in, in Acts chapter 4. He's from Cyprus. His name is already Joseph, but his nickname was Barnabas the son of encouragement, because he was such a wonderful source of encouragement. Here we see that he was generous to the work of God. 
Um, Paul makes reference to him later in 1 Corinthians 9, where he, where he says, is it, is it just Barnabas and I that have to work? <laughs> everybody, everybody else thinks he'd get paid for ministry, but we're, we're working to make this thing happen. Um, and, and, and so he, he speaks positively about Barnabas in that context. So Acts chapter 9, we, we, we see that the relationship uh, to Paul and Barnabas uh, starts in Acts chapter 9. And, and, and what happens here is in verse 26, it says, um, when Paul came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he'd seen the Lord on the road, that he had talked how, how, how that Jesus had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus and Paul was with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of, of the Lord. So, so Paul, this, this, this man who is a great source of encouragement, comes alongside of Paul, he, he introduces him to the disciples and, and, and they accept the fact that this is, that, that he's the real deal, that he's a genuine Christian and following after God. So uh, Acts chapter 11, the story continues between Paul and Barnabas in verse 19, where so, so it, it says, so then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenician Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks, also preaching uh, the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. A large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent, guess who? Barnabas, off to Antioch. And when he arrived, he witnessed the grace of God. He rejoiced, began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. But Barnabas was a good man, and he was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord, so he was also an evangelist. And, verse 25, he left Antioch for Tarsus. Now, that may not mean a whole lot to you, but he probably walked there. It was 105 miles. <laughs> it's a long ways. And, and, he, and he went to Tarsus for a reason. He left Tarsus to look for Saul, who we also know as Paul. Okay? He went there to look for Saul. And when he found him... He brought him to Antioch, and then for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Then, Paul and Barnabas together leave there, and they do the first missionary journey, all right? And so they're going all over the place, and they're preaching and teaching, and, and they're experiencing persecution, and, 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 and these, so these are, these are brothers in Christ that are working hand in hand together. And, and, and had this wonderful, wonderful relationship. Both of them good men, which, which means men of character, men that were godly, men that were full of the Holy Spirit, men that were full of faith, <laughs> and men that disagreed. <laughs> All right. Now, now, for some of you, you might think, how could that be? Because, you know, if, if we're Christians, we should, we should agree on everything. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible, how many know you got a brain? 
and God expects you to use your brain, all right? And, 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 and there, there, are, there are two areas. There, there is biblical absolutes that, that we should all agree on. There should be total agreement on, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. No question about that. No question about heaven. No question about hell. No question about eternal life through faith in Christ. Uh, through the blood of Christ, there's, there's many things that we agree on totally. But, there, but, but at the same time, the scripture doesn't say we're locked into everybody having the same opinion on everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? And, and so actually, um, the book of Romans, chapter 14, uh, Paul actually makes reference to this reality. Why do you judge your brother? Or why do you regard your brother with contempt? Why would there be contempt? Why? Be because they don't agree with me. You know? How many think your way is the right way? Probably most of us do. Right? You know? Um, have you ever heard of Ludafisk? How many like Ludafisk? Anybody here like Ludafisk? Okay, I'm, I'm Norwegian, Swedish, Finnish background. You know, I, I, I've had it more times than I can count. I hate it. <laughs> My father-in-law, who just went home to be with the Lord, loved Ludafisk. He had a right to his opinion. It was totally wrong, but he had a right to his opinion. <laughs> all right, so, so, so we, have, we, we have all kinds of room. You can, you can disagree on lots of things. And it's not like, well, if you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to agree with me. And No, 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 no. No, we see it right here in the Scripture where, where there's all kinds of room for you to have a differing opinion. And that, man, that could even be between husband and wife. Wow. And you believe that? I, you know, my wife's not here this morning. And, uh, um, but, you know, which is probably a good thing right now. But, but anyhow, so we've, we've been married in February. It'll be 51 years. And, and uh, yeah, so I got married when I was five. Not really. <laughs> okay, so, you know, but, and, 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 you know, I mean, th there are times, how, how many can honestly say there's times we disagree on, on something, you know. All right, and, and there's room for that, and we work through that, don't we? We work through that. And sometimes we come to the place of, of saying we agree to disagree. And, 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 and so please do not be intimidated by the fact that somebody doesn't agree with you on everything. Don't be intimidated. And don't be divisive. It's okay. On so many levels. I'm glad Kansas City won yesterday. Somebody else may not want Kansas City to win. But that's okay. You know? All right. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so anyhow, so, 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 so here we go. All right. So it's the spring of 49 BC. All right. That's the year. Now, <clears throat> Paul is taken off with another guy by the name of si Silas. Silas was a prophet in the church in Jerusalem. That's in Acts 15, verse 32. So, so he was a good guy, full of the Holy Spirit, just like Barnabas. Barnabas took Mark, and by the way, Mark and Paul were restored in their relationship later on wonderfully. Uh, uh, Paul makes reference to him in some of his, um, his prison epistles, and, and, and so it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful story and all of that. But now Paul 
is traveling with Silas. And by the way, it's not just Paul and Silas because as they begin on their journey, uh, uh, Timothy joins them, this young guy, Timothy joins them, and, and Luke is with them. And we know that because in, in, in Acts Gospel, as, as, as Luke is writing this, he uses the word us. So, so he actually embraces the reality that he was actually with Paul and Silas and Timothy, and they were traveling together at this time. And, and um, in, in fact, in Colossians chapter 4, um, uh, Paul calls uh, Luke the beloved physician. I, I love that term. Beloved physician. Okay, so, so, so they're traveling, and, and in, in, in Acts chapter 16, um, ver, verse 6, it, it, says, it says this. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Now, that's a very curious, curious, curious portion of Scripture because the, the, the area that Paul was looking at, they were on the border of, of what we now know to be Turkey, okay? Back then, it was, it was, it was known as Asia or Mysia or Bithynia, okay? Those are, those are all regions in the area that we know to be Turkey now. And... and the gospel had not gone there yet, and, and, and they were close. They were, they were basically right on the border, and so Paul looked east, and he said, this is logical. This makes sense. We're, we're going to go to Bithynia. We're going to go to Mysia. We're going to go to this part of the world. They need the gospel like anybody else. And what did the Holy Spirit do? He forbade them. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Paul listened to the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that Paul, I don't know if Paul always listened to the Holy Spirit, but I'm glad that he often, you know, because sometimes if we're not careful, we, we make these people perfect, and, and they weren't perfect. They, they were just like you and me, real people, you know, but, but trying to be led by the Spirit of God. But there's a, there's a truth here that I just want to uh, touch on as, as we move on and Moving on quickly here. Um, but uh, the need is not the call. You know, there's need everywhere. How many are glad God didn't call you everywhere? <laughs> he called you somewhere. And, 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 and some of you, um, you, you know, some of you maybe feel like, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of chopped liver because I, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher, I, don't, I, I can't, can't lead word, worship like pastor can lead. I, you know, I, I, I work in a factory or, or you know, I, I do this or I do that or I'm a school teacher or, 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 or I'm a secretary or, or whatever or, or, I, or I work in a ski hut or, or what, whatever, you know. But, but the reality is, is that in the Old Testament, in the book of uh, Exodus chapter 31, there were, there were two guys in, in Exodus chapter 31, and, and their names are Bezalel and Aholiab. And these guys were not, were not, were not preachers. They weren't, weren't teachers. They weren't anything like that. They were craftsmen. And the scripture says very clearly that God anointed them by the Holy Spirit to do their work. 
And I believe with all my heart that whatever you do, God wants to anoint you to bring you to a higher level, to do it beyond even your human ability, but to do it by the Spirit of God so that people would actually say, how in the world did you figure that out? How in the world can you do what you do? And, and, and you can say, well, you know, God's helping me. You know, God's helping me to do it. So, so never, never hold your head down because you're not X, Y, Z. Frankly, this is my personal opinion. I've, I've been in many places in the world, and there are people on the mission field today that should not be there. They are absolutely miserable on the mission field. Because I don't believe God called them. Maybe, maybe they felt this was a good thing to do. <laughs> maybe they felt like, well, you know, if I'm going to really serve God, then I need to go to the mission field. But they're miserable there, you know. And maybe God said, hey, I, you know, I wanted you to work for Microsoft. What are you doing there? You know? You know? So, so every place is a mission field. And it's up to us to discover what God has called us to do, you know. And God has called us all to do different things. And so Paul here is being led by the Holy Spirit. And he feels checked about going to an obvious location that made all kinds of sense in the natural. This is what we should do. And the Holy Spirit said, no. Now, I want you to recognize that the Holy Spirit didn't just say no. He didn't say no, and I have this for you to do. He just said no. He didn't tell Paul what he was to do next. He just said, I want you not to go here. How many love it when God is silent? Ugh. How many love it when God puts you in a position where you know you're not supposed to do this, but you don't know what's next? It's hard. It's a hard place to be. It's a hard place. But, but, but Paul was committed to being led by the Spirit. In fact, Romans 80 talks about it. All who are being led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Galatians chapter 5. If we live by the Spirit, let's walk by the Spirit. He could have shrugged this off. He could have said, well, it makes all kinds of sense. I am going to go to Bithynia. Now, I'm not speaking for you, but I'll speak for Dave Ogren. There have been times where I thought that my way was the right way. And I disregarded what the Holy Spirit was saying because I felt like I knew what I should do. Now, you may be able to relate to that or not, but the reality is sometimes that happens in all of our lives where we're, where we're faced with decision and logically it feels like this is what I should do, but then we feel checked. And what do you do with that check? Do you listen to it? Or because you want to be comfortable, you step over the check and do what you want to do? He could have done that. He had no immediate, clear direction. So what does he do? They're, they've already been certain places. Okay? Now they're up by Bithynia. We're not supposed to go there. Well, what's, what's the closest city? Troas. So they go. They use their logic and don't feel check about doing that, so they go to Troas. It was a pivotal port city between Europe and Asia Minor. It was a tourist city. And by the way, many Macedonians would come over to Troas to shop. 
And you could tell the Macedonians because they wore, the men wore these tall, long-brimmed hats, very unique hats. And so walking down the street, you could say, oh, there's, that guy's from, from, from Macedonia, you know? And, 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 and so he, he, he saw many Macedonians in, in Troas. And, and, and so Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke are standing basically at the edge of the Aegean Sea, and, and, and they're brought here by spirit direction, but for what? For what? They didn't know. They did not know. How long were they there? We don't know. Was it a day? Was it a week? Was it a month? We don't know how long it was. But they were there for a period of time. There for a period of time. And one night, Acts chapter 16, it says they came to Troas, verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace and on the day following to Neop um, Neopolis and from there to Philippi. So now they're, now they're on their way because they knew they were going where God wanted them to go. And things began to move swiftly. The first European convent was a woman by the name of Lydia who was a seller of purple. She was a wealthy woman. She had a big house. And she put them up. They all, you know, all four guys lived in Lydia's house. And, and things were going well. A slave girl is delivered from demons. And then all of a sudden, Paul and Silas, I don't know what happened to Timothy and Luke during this time, but Paul and Silas are in prison. And they're put in stocks and they're beaten. And you're thinking, what? How could that be? They were in the will of God. <laughs> Sometimes when you're in the will of God, things are challenging. <laughs> things are difficult. Things aren't going the way you would like them to go. So just because you're in your will of God doesn't mean that everything's going to be smooth. There's going to be times where you're going to have to work through things. And they did. And God was merciful to them. They sang and worshiped and praised God. You know the story. There was a great earthquake. And uh, doors are open and the chains fall off. And the jailer's going to kill himself. And, and he sees that they're all there. And Paul says, we're still all here. And, 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 and they all, uh, and, and, and the jailer and his whole family come to the Lord. And, and it's a wonderful, wonderful story. Now, I'm just wrapping this up now. So, let me just say this. Paul had no idea how significant the decision was when, he's, when he responded to the check of the Holy Spirit not to go to Bithynia, but to go to Macedonia. He didn't know. God didn't say. God didn't say, Paul, this is so significant. Be careful here. This is a big, big decision. You know, there, there, are, there are some decisions you make. There are some decisions that I make that are turning points in our life that are, that are huge, that are huge. And, and, and so responding to the Holy Spirit is never trivial. 
It's never trivial. You do never, you never know how important that decision is that you make. It may seem like no big deal. Yeah, we're going to buy this house. No big deal. Well, maybe it is a big deal. You better hear from God, right? On, on every decision of life. And so he had no idea how big this is. And there are some turning points in history that are few, that are significant. And this is one of those turning points in history that was huge and significant. And Paul had no idea because what happened, the gospel went to Europe. And that's why you're here this morning. Because the gospel went to Europe. It's an amazing reality. But the thing that just amazes me is that God didn't prepare Paul and say, I have this huge decision. You've got, you've got this huge decision to make. It. And, and you better make the right decision. You, you better. No, he just checked him. But Paul listened to it. Paul listened to it. And how easy it is to talk ourselves into going to Bithynia today because it makes all kinds of sense. Not, go, not knowing that God has a surprise waiting for us and it's called Macedonia. If only we would allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to check us, to lead us, to guide us, and direct us. And my prayer for you, and for me, we're making pretty significant decisions right now in our own personal life. So for us, personally, and for you, I pray that we will hear the voice of the Spirit of God and that we wouldn't simply follow our logic, but we would follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, which may be a check at times, not knowing what's next, and then waiting until God gives very, very clear direction. Just bow your heads with me this morning. I believe there, there are some of you that really, right now, in your own life, you are facing decisions, and you, you want to do what God wants you to do. You, you, you may not, it may be clear to you, or it may not be clear to you at all. Maybe you want to go to Bithynia, <laughs> and you know God is saying no to that. Or maybe, maybe you're in this valley of decision. You don't, you're in Troas. You don't know what's next. But you want to do what God wants you to do. If you're here this morning and, and you're just saying, Dave, just, just pray for me. We are in the midst of making decisions and we want to do the right thing. We want, we want to hear the voice of God. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. If that's you, just, just raise your hand as an expression of faith to the Lord. You know, so many of you raised your hands because, you know, life is complex. <laughs> and we really need to hear the voice of God. We really need to hear the voice of God. Before I pray for you, I just feel impressed. I've never shared this. I don't think I've ever shared this anywhere. 
But um, when, when Colleen and I were, were in Bible college, we'd start to go, to go together during our junior year in Bible college. And, and then after we graduated, she, went, she was working at Seattle Pacific University, and, and I took a, a youth pastor position up north and, and um, up in what's called Ferndale, Washington, up by Bellingham. And, and, uh, um, and I wanted to marry Colleen. And, uh, and I, was, I was driving down on, on my day off, which was Monday. I, w- I would drive from Bellingham area down to, down, down to Seattle to visit her. And, and I just felt in my heart this was the day that I was to ask Colleen to marry me. And she was driving home from work to her parents' house. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, Colleen, today Dave is going to ask you to marry him. And she was at a stoplight. And she said to the Lord, what should I say? I know what I want to do, but what should I say? And that was 51 years ago. <laughs> Obviously, she said yes, you know. But, you know, green light, exactly. Praise God. The light went green. She went home. We got engaged. We were married February 11th, 1972. So, you know, I, I've never shared that, I don't think, with anybody before. But I just felt impressed to share that very simple illustration. You know, in our everyday lives, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Don't miss it. Don't be so thick-headed and so stubborn and so determined that you know what's right that you miss hearing what God is saying to you today. Amen? So I'm going to pray for you. Lord, all of us, me too, we, we all... So many of us raised our hands today. And we're saying to you, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want to do what you want us to do. We don't want to go to Bithynia if you don't want us to go there. We want to go to Macedonia if that's where you want us to be. We want to go wherever you want us to go. I pray that we would have an ear to hear the voice of your spirit. I pray that we would not miss what you are saying in this season. I pray that we would be led by you in all that we do. I pray that, God, we would not get detoured by somebody else's opinion or our own opinion. But I pray that, God, we would be able to look back and say, God, I didn't know what was going on, but thank you. Thank you for guiding and directing and leading me, even in times when I was afraid and, 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 and was a little bit tentative. But God, you were faithful to guide me and help me to make the right decision. And I give you all the praise and glory. As we look back, Lord, all we see is the goodness of God. You have been so faithful. 
And we are committed to follow you to the very end. Continue to lead us. Continue to guide us. Continue to direct us by your Holy Spirit. Would you just take a second here and just say thank you, Jesus, for guiding my life, for directing me into my tomorrows, whatever they may be, that I would do what you're calling me to do. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. God bless you. receive an offering for Pastor Dave and Great Commission Media Ministries. And um, I'm going to just challenge you to really see if the Lord might be leading you. But um, we were, Shannon and I were moved uh, with what's going on in Ukraine. And, and we've, Pastor Davis, I've been hearing all those same things about what's really happening in, in Ukraine. And it's a, it's a shame. We get really sidetracked on things. Um, the people there need Jesus, and they need help, and they need support. So um, I'm going to challenge you to uh, pray quickly and say, what can we do? Um, I'm going to challenge you, because Shannon and I, we, we've, we're going to commit right now to we're going to buy three fireplaces, okay? And I want to challenge you. Can you buy one? Could you go to the person next to you and say, can, let's split one? I can't get one. Can, can we split one? Can you help b uh, buy a, f a fireplace? I, I've been to Ukraine and the fact that they need these now is that they, they had stoves, they had apartments, they had all these things. We, we bring stoves to, to Guatemala, places that don't have. And now this, uh, this country that was on its way doing well is, is now launched back into needing a wood stove in their, if they have uh, anything left, you know, in their rubble. So, so there is never condemnation, but there is a challenge. Can you do a stove with a stone warning? So, uh, anything that's given goes 100%. I don't keep it. Yeah. It doesn't stay in our account. You know, it gets wired right away to Finland and then off we go. Praise the Lord. So, you can, uh, if, you do, if you're watching online, you can go to the, the www.thejourneychurchbigbear.com or if you're watching on Facebook, I already put a link there on the Facebook page. You can click on that link. It'll take you to the giving site. Anything you give and put in the missions category, all the missions money that come in today uh, will go to that also. So if you go home and do that, uh, if you do it online, you got text to give. You can do all these things. Um, so let's just, let's receive and, and, and bless the, the ministry that's going on. And in addition to what they're doing there, they're still doing on ministry in other parts of the world. I mean, uh, in the Middle East and everything. So, and uh, let's 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 pray. Let's pray for yes. You can make it to the Journey Church with a memo of of GCM. That would be great. Yep. But if you make it to GCM, he'll just walk out with it. So. Okay. To us, the Journey Church, if if possible. Um, okay, but. Uh, and then, you know, newsletters and things, and you can continue to support them through the, on the back, you know, through the back at the same time. All right, let's, let's close in prayer, and then we'll receive an offering, and we will 
uh, go and, and go to lunch together or something. You know, that's, that's what we're going to do. But, um, Father, we thank you for this word, this challenging word, Father, of, of really seeking your face in decisions, God. Father, to, to, to be led and to understand that you have a purpose and a plan for our lives, God. We don't want to miss it. Father, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to get ahead of you. Lord, um, so, so guide us. Confirm. Um, help us to hear your voice. Help us uh, to hear the man from Macedonia saying, come over here. Lord, help us. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Open our heart. Fathers, we give into this offering today for uh, what's happening in Ukraine and, and through Great Commission Media Ministries. Lord, we pray a blessing upon those on the ground. Father, those that are uh, on the front lines, uh, loving, caring, um, buying these stoves, Lord, we pray uh, for Great Commission Media Ministries. And we pray for Pastor Dave as he continues to travel a week after week to be in different churches um, and, and, and bring the blessings of Christ and, and the word of what's happening uh, in, in Ukraine and the, in the Middle East. Bless him. Bless uh, Colleen, even as he intimated their decisions for him. Lord, whatever those might be, God, that you're leading them. Father, bless them today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Gentlemen, come and relieve us of our money. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, as, as, as Pastor Jeff always said, you know, reach into the purse next to you and give like you've always wanted to. <laughs> Just give freely. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God bless you. Once the offering goes by, uh, you love, love one another, and, and that's it.